Live from Studio Sumter on Liberty Street in beautiful downtown Sumter, this is News Without Ink, a part of the Item Podcast Network presented by SKF. SKF Sumter is a global, world-class employer providing a clean condition environment, platinum benefits, and opportunities for everyone to grow. SKF proudly manufactures bearings to serve the medical, defense, and robotic industries. SKF, the world of reliable rotation. To apply today, go to skf.com. Hello and welcome to the final episode of News Without Ink in 2019. I'm Scott Sewell, Assistant Sports Editor here at the Sumter Item, and I'm joined by Executive Editor Kayla Robbins. Kayla is back this week to get you caught up on the year that was in Sumter, Lee, and Clarendon counties. All right, Kayla, the, the holidays are ending. We're taping this on New Year's Eve. If we lived in any other part of the country, I'd say all we have to look forward to is like a cold, dark winter. But uh, it's, it was 68 yesterday and 60 today, so I think we're going to be all right. Right. <laughs> and is this really the last episode of the of 2019, or is this technically the first oh. episode of 2020? That's that's the question. Yeah, it's going to. So we're recording it in 2019. They're going to hear it in 2020. It's a decade long uh, episode. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't feel like that long yes, to, to record please. it. <laughs> right. So today we're going to do it a little bit differently uh, this week. Instead of looking at the, the top stories from the past week, uh, we're going to look at some of the top stories from the past year uh, here in Sumter. Uh, we had a great uh, piece put out today by Kayla uh, in, the, in the paper uh, that looked at some some of those stories. And so we'll go over a few of those here. Uh, first thing we'll look at is uh, one of the things that we talked about over and over on this podcast, and it's uh, it's it's the, the homicides that have happened this year. It's hard for that not to be one of the top stories. Twice as many homicides here in Sumter uh, as there was last year. Yeah. And so the way that this whole kind of list goes, right, is that this is kind of our subjective look at the top kind of storylines because the top 10 before the before we did this we put out a top 10 stories of the year just kind of based on online clicks and what people read most online and so i com- pretty much combined um, unfortunately all of those top 10 stories into this one topic yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, to be able to you know get some other stuff in there right but yes yeah, so and and we knew and we knew this uh, probably 4 or 5 months ago that the number of homicides doubled this year over last year because they all almost happened over the summer and kind of into the early fall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they weren't all related. There were a couple that kind of were related, but um, there were 14 homicides this year. So the uh, law, law enforcement agencies and coroner's office were definitely kept busy. So that is an unfortunate thing, but, um, but yeah. Right. Uh, and then um, there, there was also not quite tied to that, but also in addition to that is the domestic violence. Uh, we had right. two really bad instances of domestic violence that turned fatal, um, both in uh, Sumter and then also in, I believe, it's Clarendon County. Yes. Um, yeah, again, so the, those were kind of also in, in those top stories, but, uh, you know, just separated a little bit because they seemed a little um, a little different. These two stories kind of rocked each respective community in Sumter and in Manning, um, the first was a man who has been charged with two counts of murder in the deaths of a uh, 28, 29-year-old mother and her 5-year-old daughter. And if anyone has been in Sumter this year, they probably would have heard um, this storyline happening. It took them a couple months to find the little girl, which was it was awful. 
and really sad. Um, but we are at least, I guess, glad that the family found closure because they did end mm-hmm. up finding her. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also we had uh, not just homicide in our area, but we had a homicide from Columbia that found its way to our area in uh, in Clarendon County when uh, there was a, a statewide search, na- national search for a USC student who had uh, jumped into an Uber. I, I, I wasn't actually working here at the item at the time, but I remember uh, seeing this story from afar and, uh, and then, you know, finding out she actually ended up here uh, close to home here. Yeah. So the uh, Clarendon County native actually was the one that ended up being charged in that in her death. Um, Samantha Josephine, Josephine, it's a hard name to say. Uh, she was 21, and yes, she was out with her friends in Columbia, got in a car, thought it was her Uber, and it wasn't, and uh, ended up being found by some hunters out in Clarion County. So the only, I guess, silver lining, you know, not that you ever want a silver lining, but um, state legislators did end up introducing a bill that would kind of help try to improve safety requirements for Mm ride-sharing services in South Carolina. Um, So that's going through, so hopefully that that helps prevent this in the future. Moving in, moving on then to some of the education news. Um, it's things started off a little rough, but there was a, uh, we had a new superintendent that was hired. And then uh, we've gotten some encouraging news over the last couple months about uh, the, the school district and their, and their balance uh, and the, the school, the state's balance. Yeah. So I guess um, there's kind of like, Three of these things, more or less, all at the same time, because they were all happening at the same time. So uh, the school district's kind of financial woes started, or they were revealed in 2016 when the audit showed that they had overspent their budget by $6.2 million. They depleted their uh, fund balance down to about $100,000, and that, you know, there's a turnover in superintendents. Um, The superintendent who was there at the time had a, a mutual agreement that he would retire, so they brought in an interim superintendent. She was there for two years, and then that time was up over, over this summer, so they had to find someone new, um, and they brought in Penelope Martin-Knox, and um, it seems like people have, have been liking getting to know her. She's out all the time. I see her everywhere. She's at, like, every parade, every big event. She's been I see at her every at sporting school. events, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, and, like, dancing with the kids and, mm-hmm. and doing things on social media, so she's been trying to really get out there, it seems like. Um, and then last November, the school board changed over a lot in the election, and they decided to kind of reverse what the previous school board had done to help um, save some money, and they decided to reopen Maywood Middle School, and that went directly against the uh, previous school board's state-approved financial recovery plan. So then the state comes in, declares a fiscal emergency, which basically just means the state comes in and uh, gets to, they have oversight in all of the budgetary decisions that the school board then makes. And since then, they have uh, increased their fund balance back up to $14 million, or more than $14 million since 2016. So that's definitely going in a good, in a, in a good direction. Um, they don't really have any money to spare still. We've kind of talked about this mm-hmm. before too. Right? I think they're like, trying to get to 18 million, right? Is the, right, yeah. yeah. So it's one month's operating mm-hmm. expenditures. With, with They're just above that now, but, you know, they need a lot more in there in order to actually change things or, you know, fill these vacancies that, that uh, in teacher vacancies and just do things that they need to do. So they're, you know, other than just surviving, they, they've got a long way to go, but they're on 
definitely the right trend. Uh, and another one of those headlines uh, related to education is it sounds like charter schools uh, want to want to open in Sumter. Explain that a little bit. Yeah. So and and it's not necessarily super connected, but you know it's kind of parallel. Um, you know, so a charter school is a public school that you don't have to be zoned for. You have to apply and get accepted to. And there's three, I think, different ways or different um, school districts that you can get approved by. So you can either do it through the school district in your county or there is a state charter school district or um, there's another organization that you can also apply through. But four different charter schools or four different groups have or are going to apply by the end of February to open up at what would be the first charter school in Sumter County. Um, they all kind of, you know, they all have different goals and different details, but they're all kind of focused on uh, showing what they're saying would be an increased rigor and being able to, you know, reach all students and close some achievement gaps. Um, so it'll be interesting to see which ones, if any, get approved next year. And then moving away from education, one of oh, the... Oh, no, wait, there's one more education oh, no. thing, the what really was the positive one. What was, the, what was <laughs> we that? Got it. We can't forget that. I missed that. it. No, uh, STEM schools. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> before, so there, I think it was 26 public schools in Sumter County. Uh, previously, only one was nationally accredited in their STEM curriculum, which is, a, you know, it's a prestigious thing. Um, it takes about three, four years to of schoolwork and of changing the school culture and uh, showing that they're, that the things that they're doing are, are there to stay in order to then apply and get accredited for a national STEM certification in STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math, just in case <laughs> no one knows that yep. yet. Um, but this year, three more schools got approved for national STEM right. certification. Actually, one was STEAM. Wilson Hall got STEAM accredited, which so you add the arts in there. But so it was Wilson Hall, which is a private school, Bates Middle School, and Alice Drive Elementary School. That's great, especially to see it at the at the middle school level. Uh, you know, you get you get these kids interested in these these subjects at a young age, and mm -hmm. it's obviously just going to uh, steamroll into later. Yeah. yeah, and some of the projects that the project based learning that they do is so interesting. I mean, we go and watch a lot of it, and you know, they're working with robots already. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see. All right. Now moving on yes. from, from education. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, one thing, uh, one positive story here, uh, the, we did not get affected in this area by Hurricane Dorian. There was all sorts of, uh, obviously, uh, warnings. And uh, I remember just up to the date thinking, oh, this is going to be a bad one. Mm -hmm. And then it just skipped us. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of skirted along. It, it, it threatened the Carolinas for a while. But um, yeah, we just kind of got some rain. And we were able to then, I think, go and see more exactly what people like law enforcement, what the you know emergency operations, what they all do to prepare. Since we didn't have to deal with covering the breaking news side of it, we kind of got to just see what they did, you know, kind of plan for the worst and hope for the best type thing, which is what happened. So it was interesting to see how they all responded and what they do to prepare for it. So luckily, we didn't... Um, we didn't have to deal with anything. Knock on, yeah. knock on some wood right there. Hopefully you heard that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And um, and then next, um, so there were. This was when I first uh, got to the area. I noticed what we kept having a story after story about um, uh, Shaw Air Force Base, and it seemed like they were having um, uh, several stories of of people passing away, either suicides or uh, were, there, were there any of them homicides. Uh, no. No, okay. So so suicides yes. were primarily the um, 
the cause uh, for for this story the over at Shaw Air Force Base. Yeah, uh, there were five deaths total of airmen at Shaw Air Force Base this year. Three of them were suicides, and two were uh, actually within a week of each other, and they were in the same um, they were in the same maintenance squadron, mm-hmm. and they both died in separate physical fitness assessments. So some some sad things coming out of Shaw, but um, they did postpone those fitness assessments, so they're going to try to to see what the deal is with that. Um, and just to, so the the suicides is a national trend, and it's a military branch-wide trend. So the uh, military is trying to to figure that out. They I know that they ordered all bases to stand down for a day called a resiliency mm. day to try to focus on, you know, mental health and, um, you know, getting more on a personal level with all these airmen and soldiers and throughout all the branches. So... Um, hopefully they're able to get to something. Uh, moving on then to the final uh, story here is on businesses. Uh, we, we've had several restaurant openings and a lot of growth here uh, from an economic standpoint uh, here in Sumter. Yes. Um, yeah, there have been a lot of, of new openings and expansions and things happening this year, which has been exciting to see uh there so there's been some locally owned restaurants too not even not chains coming in but some of the notable local restaurants that opened in 2019 and they they kind of span cuisine which is also exciting Mm -hmm. there's a jamaican restaurant that opened on liberty street there was a cajun uh seafood buffet that opened on broad street there was what is the other one oh yeah the um food truck if you see a pink food truck rolling around, it is a chicken and fries place. And it, is that open now? Mm-hmm. It, it is already. Oh, yep. that's awesome. Yep. Okay, great. So I've seen them around a couple of places. They do have a kind of a set location on Manning Avenue. Okay. Um, it's a mother, her son, and her nephew that uh, live in South Sumter, and they wanted to be able to serve their community, but they're also driving around everywhere. So we got to get them to come uh, downtown here because uh-huh. uh, I want some chicken and fries. That sounds yes. delicious. It's lunchtime <laughs> when we're recording this. What is um what what's been your favorite business that's open so far this year here in Sumter? Hmm. The Jamaican restaurant's very good. Okay. Um, and I guess we yeah we've talked about it a couple times. The karaoke bar mm-hmm. is very fun. And After it's, hours, and yeah, yeah. And that's a very unique thing. Uh, for Sumter, it's kind of a first of its kind in Sumter. Um, everyone, I must say, I think overall, and this was one of our one of our. It wasn't one of our top stories, but it was a very popular story, and it's what people are all around town talking about. Is the new st- are the new stores that are coming to Gateway Plaza where the TJ Maxx is? So if you've driven by there, um, they're expanding it, and there's all this construction, but TJ Maxx is still open. <laughs> um, but they are adding an Ulta and a Ross and a Five Below. Okay. And so those are all some you know mid level, uh, big box retailers that people are really excited to see and everyone wants to target and i think that's kind of the <laughs> gateway I don't know if that'll ever, you know whether that <laughs> yeah. happens or not i can't say but that is a um it's a step in that direction yeah yeah for me i, I really enjoyed the um the little movie theater that does the uh, oh, yeah. little uh second run the third run movie, yeah. and yeah yeah uh i just i mean i love the little setup that they have there it's so quaint and uh they, they sell popcorn and and everything it's just a fun little uh thing to to do on a random friday night and see uh see an old movie that maybe you've seen 10 times before but in a different setting and uh, yeah. in a new way so i really enjoyed that place have you ever been to the 
the old movies at the big theater where they show it's like every Wednesday or Sunday or something they show an old movie at in, the, in the big theater here in, in Sumter. I, I haven't done that at Beacon. I've done it yeah. at other places, but no, not at Beacon. I'll have to yeah. check that. I know a lot of places do it around this time of year. They'll show like a, a holiday movie, yeah. Home Alone or White Christmas or something. And uh, yeah, they probably did that, and I missed it. I went but, to go see the Goonies. In oh the big yeah, theater, which was fun. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I always love to see movies in uh, unexpected places. I remember one time going to a just a random bar was showing uh, uh, not Goonies but what's the one Gremlins was showing yeah, Gremlins in a bar just with a bunch of people watching Gremlins in a random bar which was uh, interesting and fun yes. so. <laughs> alright so that's it uh, for this year that's, uh, that rounds out this episode last thing uh, Kayla do you have any New Year's resolutions that you, that you want to share that you're going to focus on in 2000 in 2020 what are we going to call it 2020 2020 20. I think 2020 is the way to go. 2020 2020 feels right. Sounds a little, it's a little much. 2020. Yeah. I don't know if it's a full year resolution, but I just need to stop eating all of the Christmas candy that's out (laughs) on our table in the newsroom. So someone needs to throw it away at midnight tonight. That's a that's this week's resolution. (laughs) Later today, as soon as I leave from recording. (laughs) For for me, I always one thing I uh, try to renew every year is I I try to shop as small as possible. That's something I I, I do for like four months, and then I drive by Wendy's, and I'm like, man, I really. Wendy's mm-hmm. but in general I try to I try to stick to uh, st- shopping as small as possible uh, we just talked about some of the local restaurants uh, opening some are big box big box stores some are not uh, but it's always I think it's just so important uh, to uh, to to give to give your business to, to vote with your dollar to these uh, to these locally owned uh, restaurants and I always start out every year trying to do that some years I'm more successful than others one year I was able to like really do it at, even at the grocery store level I looked for like the the smallest grocery store I could I could go to in and December then, is just all Wendy's December it's all Walmart <laughs> Wendy's McDonald's yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is why then I'm also uh, trying to lose weight every January right. as well so no it all adds well, that, up but. that's much more meaningful than mine just stop eating candy I like well, yours better also also important because <laughs> I, I, I need to make that note as well stop eating candy alright that's it for us uh, this year thanks for joining us we hope for uh, an even bigger and better 2020 from the item podcast network so stay tuned for other exciting projects coming your way uh, don't forget uh, News Without Ink and all the podcasts here on the Item Podcast Network are brought to you by SKF Sumter. SKF Sumter is a global, world-class employer providing a clean, conditioned environment, platinum benefits, and opportunities for everyone to grow. SKF proudly manufactures bearings to serve the medical, defense, and robotic industries. SKF, the world of reliable rotation. To apply today, go to skf.com. Thanks, everybody. 